Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Four Press Podcast presented by GolfGeek.com. I'm your host, David Dusek, and this week my guest is Mark Immelman. Mark is an on-course analyst for CBS Sports and also appears on the Golf Channel, Sirius XM, PGA Tour Radio, and is the host of the On The Mark Podcast. In the podcast you're about to hear, Mark and I talk at length about how the coronavirus outbreak has affected the world of golf as well as the way of life here in the United States. We also discussed how he talked to his team at Columbus State University after the NCAA canceled the remaining winter and spring sports seasons. Then we talked about Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, and how PGA Tour players will try and keep their game sharp during this extended break. Get stronger, hit longer, and end pain with Golf Forever. Created by Justin Leonard and co-author of the Younger Next Year Backbook, Dr. Jeremy James, Golf Forever is the take-anywhere online golf fitness program that helps you build a body prime for golf. It's simple, safe, and it works. At home, in the gym, on the golf course, Golf Forever's easy-to-follow exercises, warm-up routines, and course management videos will help you play your best pain-free. Sign up today at GolfForever.com and use promo code GOLFWEEK for a free 14-day trial. I'd like to welcome now to the Forward Press, a guy who has an embarrassingly rich and good-looking resume. So check this out. Mark Immelman was born 14 days before me in South <laughs> Africa. While I was in Syracuse, New York, he was in South Africa. Uh, he is a three-time Division II All-American player at um, Augusta State, two-time academic All-American. So clearly he actually has a head on his shoulders as well. And if I'm reading this, Mark, correctly, let, let's list this off. You are the host of the On The Mark podcast on PGATour.com. You cover live golf for the PGA Tour's streaming app, as well as having coverage that you do on SiriusXM, PGA Tour Radio, and Golf Channel, CBS Sports. And as if that wasn't enough, you're also the director of golf at Columbus State. Uh, if you want to follow him, he's uh, on Twitter, at Mark underscore Immelman. What the hell else do you do? Do you have any time? Do you breathe? Do you have a family? What's going on? Uh, David, honestly, it's just, you know, golf is, golf has blessed my family. Uh, it, golf is the reason why we are where we are. And, and just, to, just, 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 um, just for open disclosure, I, I graduated from Columbus state, not Augusta state. Pardon me. Augusta pardon me. I misspoke there. Pardon me. Yeah. But I mean, between teaching and broadcasting and podcasting and, uh, you know, it's, I'm just a really fortunate guy and, and, and golf has been such a vehicle and, and. And golf has given us a platform, and golf gives us a voice. And like Mr. Player has always challenged all of us young, or oh, um, you and I are still young, young <laughs> yes, South Africans, um, young South Africans, to 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 use our platform and to do our part. So I'm whatever I, I'm, I'm game for everything. Golf has been good, and I want to be good back to golf and the people that are in the game. Hallelujah! So there are so many things that I'd love to chat with you about. Um, under normal circumstances, but clearly we're not under normal circumstances. We're recording this on. Uh, March 17th at about three o'clock in the afternoon. Happy St. Patrick's Day to everybody out there. But it's a different world than it was just a couple of weeks ago, unfortunately. And 
Um, I can tell you, Mark, that I was at Bay Hill a couple weeks ago covering the event for Golf Week and GolfWeek.com. And it was interesting in my observations while I was there to see what people would come up and we would shake hands when we would see each other who wanted to sort of do the fist pump. Um, flying from Hartford to Orlando, there were probably four or five people who were wearing a mask on the plane going down. I didn't see any masks, interestingly enough, on the flight going back from Orlando to Hartford. Um, but certainly the coronavirus was not something that people were overly concerned about. We were aware of it. We knew that things were going on. People in the United States had contracted it, but it seemed distant and in the future. And unfortunately now it's, it's certainly here and has changed everything in the United States and in the world. At what point for you did the coronavirus outbreak and everything that's going on sort of all of a sudden seem like, yeah, this is, this is going to change how we live at this point. It sort of became real. Um, certainly last week at the Players' Championship, I was down there for PGA Tour Live. But but, but we started to get the rumblings of the thing, you know, with me being uh, our early run with CBS Sports on the West Coast. There wasn't much talk about it. Mm -hmm. You know, there was the typical flu going around the television compound. But when we went down to Mexico um, for the World Golf Championships event for PGA Tour Live, uh, on the flight back, well, on the flight down there, I'd just come off the flu, in fact, and and so I was concerned about, you know, giving, getting scans and perhaps us let a temperature or whatever. Going into Mexico, no problem. But on the way out, uh, one of the immigration's folks asked us, have you been in China in the last 14 days? And mm. so you got the sense then that, okay, this is maybe a thing. But then, um, you know, I, maybe, you know, we were so wrapped up in our own little bubble, you know, the broadcasters sure. and the players and the f folks in the media, you're covering golf and, and, and it's the new event every week that, that it was just like almost the flu kind of thing. But last week at the Players' Championship, I was out there in the first round, and uh, I got a text message from my assistant coach, who at Columbus State makes it very possible for me to do what I do also because he's fantastic at what he does. And he texts and he goes, um, they've just canceled the season. And the night before, and, and earlier that morning, uh, the NBA, I think, had announced that, okay, th that's it for the season as well. And I was like, you're kidding. And then I was on the Rory Ron Brooks Kepka group. Yeah. And I'm walking up the fairway and Rory comes walking up to me and he goes, do you see the news about the NBA? And I said, yeah. And so then it started to become real. And then, then there was the announcement. Well, no, it was earlier that day, the announcement that Commissioner Monaghan had come out with where there was going to be no spectators. Right. We're trying to wrap our heads around a little bit. And, um, and John Rahm was in the group, and he was sort of softly spoken about it. He, he sort of kept to himself some. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so we were trying to wrap our head around no spectators. And and then we got done, and we went off to dinner. And I was sitting there with Mark Wilson, you know, PGA Tour winner and one sure. of the rules officials. And, and we were just talking about the day, and, you know, it was golf. And what the next day was going to be like at you know, the Players' Championship with no fans. And I get back to the hotel room and I get a call from CBS Sports HQ and they're like, can you come on? And I was like, it's 10 o'clock, guys, really? Yeah. And they're like, well, haven't you heard? And I was like, uh, what, no corona? And they're like, yes, they'd like no players. It's been canceled. And as that happened, my phone started blowing up with messages from our producers sure. and our bosses and stuff like that. And so then it became a bit real. And then, then the following morning I was packing up. I, I've never packed up. Um, at a broadcast on a Friday morning before. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. And so in the hotel room packing up, watching Commissioner Monaghan, and i got to say, um, I was proud that he was the commissioner. I actually sent him a message and said that, you know, I believe that you were made for a time like this because 
the way that he handled the thing in terms of just his humility and the humanitarian side of him and just, you know, feeling it for everybody and the way he battled for your tournament was, was admirable. But anyway, so I'm watching that then driving back home instead of flying. I was like, okay, this is legit. Then all of a sudden we get the alert. Okay. No masters. And now the whole thing got kind of, yeah, it started snowballing fast. And then you get back to Georgia here and we in the springtime, you know what this is like. Um, Spring means pollen around. The, the, place. Every, everybody's car is covered with yellow oh, dust and yeah, sneezing uh, all and, over the place, seasonal, right? You, you can hear me, I'm croaking now. And so there's seasonal allergies and all this sort of stuff going on. And then someone gets a slight fever and uh, everyone is just so gun shy. So it started happening in a hurry. Um, but, but that Thursday at the players, um, mm-hmm. I will, when the news came out, because I was out in the afternoon, there was a feeling out there, David, that was sort of reminiscent to Saturday at Torrey Pines when we went out there after the announcement of Kobe Bryant's helicopter crash. Yeah. You know, there was just a, a, there was a weird sort of a surreal, somber kind of an attitude out there. And folks were out enjoying golf, but it seemed like there was like a dark cloud hanging over something. Yeah. It's... And, and I got the same sense. I, 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 will, yeah. for, I will forever remember 9-11 for where I was. Course. And certainly um, the Players' Championship in 2020 because of what happened. Yeah, it's interesting. So we, we both have kids. And um, one of the conversations that I had with my son Charlie and my daughter Lindsay was that no matter what is going to end up happening with this, you will forever remember this time of your life. I mean, there are certain things that people who are older than you remember. I remember vividly um, the morning when the space shuttle blew up. I was on my way to... Uh, a midterm, a history midterm, as I recall. It was a very sunny day, which is rare for Syracuse, New York. So that's something worth recalling anyways. Um, mm-hmm. And you just sort of remember those things. You remember when President Reagan was shot. People who are older than us will remember when JFK was assassinated. All these things. And it's it's weird and unfortunate to think that this terrible thing is something that our children will forever remember. That the world will literally be, and it's not hyperbole, a different place than it was just a few months ago. Um well, for me, and it's something yeah. my wife, Tracy, and I have tried to just impress upon our two little girls, I've got 12 and 9, is that, um, you know, you're fortunate to live in the United States, and there's so much to be thankful for. Yep. Because, you know, especially over here, we tend to take things a little for granted. You know, <laughs> a you little. Know, the, the lifestyle, and, and things are sort of going your way. But in the rest of the world, it's not all, all always like that. So so, so it's the, the grisly times and the unsure times, but we've got a lot to be thankful for. A- absolutely. 100%. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, as that was stuff was going through, I was here and the news was coming fast and furious. And you mentioned Jay Monahan, And I would like to also sort of commend the commissioner for being willing to adapt as the news came out. I mean, he came out with the announcement at first that we're going to continue to play the players championship as he had said you know the super bowl of the pga mm-hmm. tour it's a big event for them and we're just not going to have fans we're going to try the, the, there's wide open spaces there's fresh air we players generally speaking are very easily it's easy for them to to say separate um we'll take the necessary precautions and, and play will continue it's like okay we get that as as the things developed through monday evening and monday night the nba cancels the ncaa is making decisions about conference basketball tournaments his willingness to adapt to it and say look you know what what we knew six eight ten hours ago doesn't apply to what we know now we need to make this call it for some in some ways i could see it being a difficult decision to to maybe play just one more round and then conclude i remember listening to michael breed on pga tour radio 
uh, in the car. I dropped my, my daughter off. She had a half day of school on Friday. Breed was talking about he would be shocked if there was play at the, at the at TPC Sawgrass over the weekend. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking to myself, yeah, I am actually would be a little bit surprised if that was on Thursday, if, if there was going to be play on, on Friday. And, and then lo and behold, that happens. And it was his willingness to adapt, I think, is commendable. And his willingness to just see the facts for what they were at the time was also really important. One of the, the hats that you wear, and you wear so many of them, as I sort of said at the top, is, is to coach different players. Yeah. What did you tell your team when you had a chance to speak with them about the events that were happening? Well, to be honest with you, I sort of took a leaf out of Commissioner Monaghan's book because the one thing, excuse my dog barking in the background, no, the one thing um, that he did, like you say, was prepared to be adaptable and he was human about it too. And, 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 and he showed his emotion. He showed how meaningful this was to everybody. And I think that, you know, when you can find connection with someone, it makes a person believable. And, and so when I communicated with my team, all, I mean, all we could offer them was what we knew, and what we knew was not very much. Right. We just knew that the NCAA had canceled um, the championships. We, we knew that the, our conferences were getting together, and they were going to make a call and that sort of stuff. And so I said to them, look, right now, as we know, it's the, uh, the NCAA are no more championships, so there's no national championship or regionals. Mm-hmm. I, I figure the conference will follow because we're, we're an NCAA-affiliated conference. Of course. That means we got three regular season events, and I can't see those going ahead either because you know, we were going into spring break this week, and then the university had already said we're going to start testing remote online courses for the following week, so no in-class um, meetings. Yep. So I, I said that to them, and so a lot of them were like, well, you know, because the team had been playing well, and we were up to ranked like third in the nation, and we had a shot to pull it all off this season. And I said, look, it sort of sucks, that's for sure. Um, but everything happens, and all we're going to do is embrace the situation and just take it for what it is. Um, and I said to them, we built a championship mentality here, and, and, and on the men's team, we're only losing one guy. And, and I'm like, so the rest of you are here, and, and we're going to keep this mentality about us. And next year, if we get to go out, we're going to do the same thing, and we're going to do this with a tribute to Cole, our senior. And mm-hmm. for the ladies' side, there was the same sort of thing. They'd had a, a bit of a breakout season for them, and we're losing one young lady, Anna. She's from Germany. And I didn't get to see her, you know, because it all was very fluid. And so they, and I said, well, just, I want everyone to hang tight. You're not allowed to travel anywhere for spring break, please. You know, let's just stay safe. Yeah. Yeah. And let's, let's respect the, the wishes of the government. And so they all, all were true to that. And all of a sudden, it starts ha- being handed down that Spain's shutting down, and I've got a girl from Spain on the team. Um, the young lady from Argentina, there's a couple of ladies from Germany, oh my gosh. Uh, a few boys from England, and everything started shutting down. Got a boy from Switzerland uh, who's a European junior amateur champion. And so I just contacted them after we had a better idea to say, okay, well, um, all the events are now canceled. Um, the online class portal is going to work. The NCAA then came out with the rules of like, okay, we're not going to dock the kids' eligibility. So mm-hmm. they this is not going to cost them eligibility wise. Mm-hmm. I just reached out to them individually and I said, look, if I was you, I would want to be home with my family. And as much as, in as much as we are your family away from home here, I'm going to tell you to try and, if you can get back home. Get to home. Your people. Yeah. And, and so, um, 
all of them bar one. In fact, the young man who's graduating, Cole, I bumped into him on the golf course this morning. Um, I talked to his dad yesterday afternoon, and his dad was like, he either goes to see his brother in London or he comes back to South Africa. And I was like, well, if he wants to play golf, he must either stay here or go to South Africa because I can't see much golf happening in, in, in the United Kingdom. And uh, so he's, he said to me this morning, he goes, I just decided to stay. He goes, I've got health insurance here, thankfully. He goes, I've got a place to stay. I've got a place to practice. Uh, we, who knows if it gets shut down further. But, but all I could say to these kids was I, I just try to connect with them on a human level and say, I understand the challenge. I understand this is rough. Um, trust me, I, if, I had, if I had it within my power to change something, I would. But I couldn't, and, and thankfully, the folks were really understanding about the entire deal. How do you prepare yourself, or how do you sort of mentally go through those conversations before you actually have them? Because for the seniors at the time, I would imagine, you don't know if they have the eligibility is going to come back, what their circumstances may be. That's, that's a different conversation than, for example, a, a college freshman who is 19 years old and is still going to be wide-eyed and is still you know, going to be looking at this, I'm not necessarily through the eyes of a child, but somebody who just hasn't experienced quite as much life as a 22 year old, 23 year old international student, you've got to, as the coach, tailor that message so that it's going to be heard in the way that's going to be number one, hopefully comforting, I would imagine reassuring, but none of us really know exactly how this plays out. How do you prepare yourself for that conversation? To be honest with you, it may sound trite, but I just I just spent some time just, just in prayer and meditation saying, look, I mean, this I, I'm going to try and collect myself spiritually and mentally mm-hmm. and emotionally here and just, again, try and connect with the individual and just talk. I mean, that, that's yeah. I made a broadcast career of that. Um, thankfully, I'm experienced in what I, I, I talk about, but I just want you to sort of hear my soul a little bit. And so that's how I went about it. I, I just opened myself up to to just be emotional with folks and, and sort of say, this is who I am. This is what it is. This is who you are. I, I, I'm with you in whatever happens. So, so that's how I approached it. I certainly didn't go in with any sort of script. Yep. You know, I just wanted to, I just wanted to connect with the individual, the human being. And, and, and thankfully, thankfully stuff went off as, as well as what I guess you could possibly have it go off. Yeah. I, I think that's a really important message for everybody right now is that you would love to think that we all communicate and stay with each other and listen to one another and are there for our friends and for our family and, and everybody else. I have made a concerted effort, a conscious effort to reach out to friends I have in the San Francisco Bay area. I mean, it was, I was literally on the phone with my friends, Robert and Abby, who, and they were getting news that they are now, you know, basically to shelter in place and to not yeah. leave their apartment and their home in San Francisco. Um, they have two kids who are at home and it's going to be a tight squeeze. And I just wanted to let them know that I was thinking about them, reached out to mm-hmm. another friend who's in the Oakland area who I haven't spoken with in 20 years, but just, just notes, little pieces of communication so that everybody knows as we're going to be physically seeing each other less, that it's not as if they aren't thought of, we are thinking of everybody. And I reached out to another buddy who's in Vail, Colorado. Vail Resorts has closed down all the ski areas throughout Colorado. And Dave is an avid golfer and one of my best friends. And I just wanted to make sure that he knew, again, whatever. His, his daughter is living with her boyfriend in Seattle, you know, a hot spot at this point. And if I were a parent, what would my mind be racing through if my kids were in these areas? I think it's important for all of us to, to be there for each other, whatever that means. And it can mean different things for different people. I mean, I mean, it, it, isn't it crazy how in the area of advanced communication, people probably communicate less? 
you know, you're firing. <laughs> and so it's, I, I appreciate you doing that. And, and I found myself, you know, if we get back to my team, um, we've got a, like a messaging board on WhatsApp and, mm-hmm. and I was, you know, just sending as soon as I found an update to people too. And, and I find myself reaching out to folks, colleagues, you know, friends and all the rest of it, just, just sort of checking in saying, Hey, I'm just, just how are you doing kind of thing? Because if, if, if you think about where an in, where you are individually and then mm-hmm. you proliferate, everyone else is going through the same thing and the unsurety and the doubt. And, and if you can just shine a little brightness, a little For happiness sure. into something, it makes a difference. It's, it's going to be a long couple weeks, couple months. We don't even know. And I think that's one of the things that causes people anxiety. At least it does for me is that we don't know when certain timelines and certain milestones are going to be achieved that are going to change the situation that we're in. If we knew that, I think it would automatically calm a lot of people down. And every region and every location, those times and dates and milestones can be hit at different times. And um, it's going to be what it's going to be. All The only thing we do, it's, it's funny, Mark. So uh, I think that it sounds like your kids are a little bit past. So we, of course, like everybody else, have Disney Plus at our yeah. house because heaven heaven forbid that we don't get, get to watch some of the cartoons. They, they made the second Frozen movie available starting, I think it was on Sunday night. My daughter and I curled up and that was what we did on Sunday evening. And the overriding message, one of them in the movie, actually was perfectly timely. And I, it was just sort of running through my mind. It's like when things are going really bad, the best thing you can do is the next right thing. What's yeah. the next right thing that you can do? And mm-hmm. um, you know, as, as trite as it might be, as cliche as it might be, it's, it's a great message for right now. Whatever that next right thing that we can do for each other is going to be, that's what you do. Um, well, isn't it isn't it great um, to that end? How you watch the news, and obviously the news has to report, and there's, mm-hmm. there's a certain element of realism stuff to it. But but the one thing to the next right thing is I always just try and you know you, I, I just choose to sort of be hopeful. You know yeah. the, the one thing about you the human race is the human race is our overcomers, and if you choose to do the right thing, anything's possible. And so. With, with the timeline you speak of, I, I, I choose to look at it to say, well, heck, I'm going to choose to look on the bright side. And, and each day I'm going to wake up with new hope for the new day. And if that happens, great. But it's not going to change the way I go about you know, viewing the next yeah. day. Each yeah. day we're going to do the same deal. But, but I appreciate you doing so. And I love looking on social media for those, those bright moments where there's a guy in Italy who's <laughs> hosting an a, um, impromptu gymnastic uh, gym, uh, exercise class with all the folks on, on, yep. on the block flats over the way. I, that It's those sorts of stories that, that I, I think, in a, in a weird sort of way, might bridge this horrible sort of part, partisan divide we've got going, all, going on all over yeah. the world. So the one piece of coaching advice that I'll give to you, Coach, that uh, my coach, Margie Strait at St. Lawrence University, imparted on us constantly on the tennis team was that winners are adapters. And I, hey, can't, I can't think of any time when that wasn't more important. Whatever we're going to have to do, we're all going to have to adapt. We're doing it now. And um, from a golf perspective, from a sport perspective, from just a life perspective, we have to do that. One of the cool things that I want to do, though, since I've got you for a little while longer, is I want to give people a chance to hear us chat a little bit about some things that have absolutely nothing to do with the coronavirus and give them a little bit of a respite from that. We've seen some pretty amazing golf so far in 2020. There have been some guys who have put on some tremendous showings. Um, who are the players that so far, heading into the Players' Championship, were impressing you the most? What what really caught your eye so far this season? Well, there have been a few. 
Um, the first one I, I have to acknowledge is Brendan Todd. I mean, you, you, you talk about an adapter and an overcomer. And, you know, this was a guy in college who was a star, um, a potential star, comes out on, on tour, uh, has a win at the Byron Nelson at Las Colinas, and then basically his game goes completely into the doldrums yeah. and, and battles his way back under the counsel of Bradley Hughes. Um, and, and then to win one time was crazy, and then to win <laughs> the, you know, another time was absolutely nuts. And, and now to see him on tour, and he's the same guy. You, you know, nothing's changed. He's almost come out of this thing entirely more appreciative of what professional golf and being able to play on the PGA Tour represents, which makes it even cooler. So, so, so for the first one for me, um, Brendan Todd, I think, has been a sensational story. I mean, we've had so many fun, win- fun winners, you know. With uh, it's been great for me to see Jacko Neiman break out. Mm-hmm. You know, and then we had that run, and, and I'm convinced there's an element of destiny to this, given the wildfires down there in Australia. But you have Cam Smith win, you have Adam Scott win, you have Mark Leishman win, and, and so you had that run of Aussies there after the Presidents Cup, and given what was happening down in Australia, which was horrific. Yes, that was cool. Uh, I'm sort of talking storylines, yeah, but but I've got to, I, I've. You know, even though Tiger hasn't played much, he's still kind of the storyline. But always, I've I've got to go. That just the way, um, just the way Rory has played, McIlroy, that is, has has played, and the mantle that he's assumed is the now. You know, everyone recognizes him as probably the most talented golfer in the game. You know, he wasn't the number one guy on the points list for a while on the Mm -hmm. on rankings, but then he assumed the mantle. And he is acting like the number one guy in the game right now by his play, by how he comports himself, by how he thinks through questions, um, how he's taken. He took a stand against the PGL, the first guy to come yep. out there. So, so for me, you know, if we were giving out early player of the year awards, I think it's McElroy at a canter. I mean, the, the guy is just doing it all right. And he's almost fulfilling his destiny in the game a little bit right now. Yeah. So for me, that, that's been a big one. Hey, ever hear about the ex-football star who robbed a Brinks truck, then tucked $400,000 under his arm like a football, and escaped using an inner tube? No? Then you'll want to listen to Season 1 of The Sneak, a podcast by For the Win and USA Today Sports. Here, take a quick listen to the man who actually pulled that off. In 2008, a former D1 football star pulled off a robbery so daring and so strange that it went viral worldwide. It was a perfect crime story. There was just one problem. It wasn't the real story of what happened. The Sneak is a new, serialized true crime podcast from For the Win and USA Today Sports. You can subscribe now on Apple Podcasts or get it anywhere you get podcasts on Tuesday, January 14th. I I think it's interesting how there are some athletes when they attain the highest position in their sports, whether it's golf or tennis or the, the, the places where you're individually ranked or, or you achieve a certain thing like that, sometimes it feels like it's almost too big for them, that they've been mm-hmm. chasing that for too long, that they, have, they don't know how to not be the chaser. They're the person who's always trying to scrape up. They need that target. And once they, they ascend to that mark, then they don't really sort of understand now the, the new job, the new goal is to maintain that, to see it, how, how they're going to reset their goals and positions. Rory 
now ascending back up to world number one recently, had been a world number one before, has, if you go back through his career, would there have been injuries? And there has been slumps. There have been, obviously, yep. within tournaments themselves, you know, where he was a heavy favorite and had everything, and then disaster strikes. He's experienced so much as a player at this point that he seems more than almost anybody else to feel comfortable in his own skin and comfortable enough to be able to say, this is who I am. We all know what I can do with these clubs and with this ball. And because of that, it liberates him to speak honestly and candidly on just about any topic that he chooses. Um, that he is not going to play in a rival league to the PGA Tour. This is where I'm going to be. These are the things that I feel about situations in the world. And this is how I'm going to position myself. He seems, and when I think he does that, and I, I'm curious to hear you know, sort of the long way around to my question. When a player or an athlete gets into that mindset, that's when I think oftentimes the performances improve dramatically because they have this peace of mind. They have got everything outside the ropes is is set and you achieve a comfort level and that frees them up and liberates them to play even better. Would you agree with that? I would. Uh, and and he's Rory has brought he's telecasted this whole thing basically to everybody. He, he's talked about, you know, his peas, the the priority and the perspective. And mm -hmm. he started talking about this a couple of years ago, how he had put golf in its place a little bit and golf was what he does it wasn't who he was and and so there was that but you, you talk of the perspective you know maslow talked about the hierarchy of need, needs and self-actualization was the main one and it looks like rory has become so comfortable with who he is and and it was telling to me because you know i've called him a lot of times and i've seen him play a lot of good rounds i mean that 64 en route to the win at Bay Hill a few seasons ago. That's stands pretty special. I mean, that, yeah. that was virtuoso. Um, but this first round at the Players' Championship, he came out there, he'd given an unreal press conference, as he normally does before the event. Mm -hmm. He comes in there as the resounding favorite, and he just doesn't have it early. You know, didn't have the best stuff. And ordinarily, old Rory would have been, he would have gotten frustrated. Because oftentimes, in all of my experiences as a coach, when you have those special ones, they know what's inside. And when it doesn't get manifest, you can see them in personal turmoil. Now, the one thing about McElroy is he would always be charming, even though this was going on. But you could just see him battling with himself. Yeah. But he just he just hung around for that first round and nothing was really special. Then there were flashes of brilliance. And then there was a just a horrid. We were walking down 14 fairway. He had a beautiful shot in there beyond the flag. And he t and the wind sort of dies and it goes over the flag about 30 feet. And I walked past him and I shook my head. I'm like, I thought that was perfect. And he goes, he looks at me and he goes, have you guessed wrong on the wind as often as I have today? <laughs> and I said, oh, yes. And just the way he asked the question, to you could see there was no frustration. He was a couple over it's this matter stage. of fact, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, well, get it, man. I'm, I, I've said to him, go and make a birdie or two. So he goes, goals to get under par for the rest of the day. Well, 15, he turns around, double crosses a tee shot against the tree, makes double. So now he's three over. And you could see he walked off the green with a grit of the teeth and such, but he finishes with three birdies. And, 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 and you could just get the sense that this guy was okay with what was anything that was happening. Mm -hmm. Whether it was three over, three under, winning fifth place, miscut, he was going to get up and answer questions afterwards. He was mm -hmm. going to go home to his wife and his family, and he was just going to be Rory and, and, 
and it is so refreshing to see. And and I think he's an, just an awesome ambassador for the game. And long-winded to your question, I'm like, yes, I, I think he's gotten to the place in life that most folks, I think, are aspiring to be. And we all think that this comes on the heels of millions of dollars or or fame or you know all this sort of stuff. Well, apparently it hasn't. And and if you just find out who you really are, then that's where the the comfort comes and that's where Rory is. So I was having a conversation last week on the podcast with Adam Shupak and we were discussing John Rahm and how we both agree that he is maturing from where he was a year or two ago. What frightens me as you were discussing that is that if Rahm were to take up that Hmm. mindset with the talent that he has, everybody else besides maybe two or three players on the PGA Tour had pretty much better look out. Because to me, Rahm, when he's in full flight, walking with the shoulders back, the chest out, and he he exudes confidence, cockiness, more than any player that I can think of. When he's really feeling it, everybody within a five-mile radius knows it. He just beams this confidence. And, um, they, you know, banter for, for around the 19th hole and such like that, you know, who is – the, you know, the most gifted player on the tour. There's there's a lot of different choices. Some people would certainly say Rory. Some people for a long time were in the camp of Dustin Johnson. Players who just, they just have it in so many different facets. To me, I look at Rom as being so raw at this point um, and that there are facets of his game that can, can improve. He's so much better of a putter than he gets credit for. He yeah. is statistically one of the best putters right now on the PGA Tour. We see the 300-yard drives and such we see these massive towering iron shots what happens when rom figures it out between the years mark that that's going to be crazy you know they're generational t- there's talent well you get talented folks then you get the uber talented then you get the de- generational talents and and rory's one tiger was one you know feldo nicholas if you go down the list Ernie Savvy, sure you know Savvy, absolutely and Ram is that. He, he doesn't, even that he's tender, whatever, what's he, 20? 24, 25, so, yeah. Even at this age, got a maturity and an old head about him. Like, this guy taught himself English, okay? If, if you don't even go, he's got a very sound head on his shoulders. And from all of my experiences, there isn't a physical weakness. He's got everything. I mean, most golfers have a, an Achilles heel, if you will. Ram doesn't. And, and when he does figure it out, if indeed he does ever, it could be one-way traffic. But the yeah. one thing I know for certain, um, and, and I got into some disagreements with folks you know, many moons ago when I was a little less, maybe a little younger, um, <laughs> uh, you know, where, where folks would prognosticate and they would go, well, I'll never forget it. It was a Golf Central thing one time and Tiger was on a tear and, and they were like, well, the question was, when does Tiger beat Jack? And one of the pundits there on the panel go, well, within three years kind of thing and i was like hold on a second do you understand how hard it is to win one major yeah. let alone five or six or whatever it was at the time and now you're just giving these things out like they schedule it's not the deal so so i share that to say rama has the ability to be dominant he has the ability to potentially be the leading european ever because he's got all the tools mm-hmm. he's got the flair of sevi He's got the wild of a Jose Muriel de Thabo and the guile. I mean, just the way he goes about the golf course. He's got enough of that intensity in there to, to where, where you know he's never going to give in. No. I mean, he's yeah. much in contests. I mean, he's never going to tank a day. So he's always going to keep himself in, a, in events. 
And we saw that in Mexico. He had nothing in the first two days there. I had him on course the one day. It was all over the joint. And all of a sudden, just because he grounded out a little bit, he shoots, then suddenly shoots 61 on Saturday. And he's part of the mix. So he's got it all. Now, can it be one of those Hall of Fame type careers? We have the we have the raw material. We have the the, the ingredients for it. But um, I, I, just, I hope he fulfills all of his purpose because if he does, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, and there would be nothing more frustrating than seeing that kind of a talent that that didn't have an opportunity to fulfill itself to see what where is it going to go and what what yep. it is capable of doing. And um, I hope that he he sort of has that in his head as well that 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 he would in some ways be robbing us and really more robbing himself of what the potential is. Uh, because well, it's thing, it's so clear that it's there. Yeah, the good thing about Ram is the talented ones, they need to make good decisions. In, in the end, we're decision-making beings. And, and many super talented ones have made wrong decisions, whether it's about a coach or a spouse or, or any. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just bad decisions are made. Sure. Where Ram has made some really smart ones thus far, and, and he's not gone about changing his technique. He's just done what he does. You know, he's just basically armed, sort of smoothed off the edges a little bit because he obviously realizes there's something special. And, and the, you know as well as anyone, the list of those folks that are, they come out, you look at them, you're like, this could be it. And all of a sudden, one funky decision yeah. turns into So So the one thing that Ram does have got going for him, which is where it's a huge plus in my opinion, is that if you watch him, what he's done so far, there hasn't been anything drastic done equipment-wise, mm-hmm. coach-wise. He's had the same team around him. I mean, he, just, he obviously is very comfortable with who he is and he knows he's capable, and so there's no need to react and do anything that's a little unjust. So two more things before I let you go that I want to get into. One of the hardest things it would seem to me for a player, especially even at the most elite levels, is to get hot. Play, play well. They, these guys periodize to try and peak their performance at very specific times, which a lot of people may have heard about, but they don't really understand that athletes will conduct their training, work on practicing, refine techniques so that they can peak, in our case, for the Masters, for the U.S. Open, for the Open Championship, etc. You can't hope to maintain the very highest levels all the time. Marathon runners will taper their training in order to to maximize their performance at a specific date. And it's, it gets very, very exacting. A player, for example, like Sung Im, who has been playing magnificent golf for the last couple of weeks, we're now going into an extended period where they are not going to be playing tournament golf. Rory, Rom, the people that we've been talking about, have not been playing, are, are not going to be playing tournament golf. For some players, this could be a blessing. Tiger Woods, Brooks Kepka, nursing injuries, um, this is an opportunity for them to get their bodies right, to put a little less wear and tear on what would have been a very physically taxing season with all the major championships, plus the Ryder Cup, plus the Olympics. Um, it was setting up that 2020 was going to be a grueling season. If you were coaching any of these players and p- players like you know Rom and Rory and Sung JM who had had really good, strong starts to the season, what do you tell them? How do they establish a holding pattern with that? What is the best thing that they can do to to try and maintain the level of play as best they can? Well, there are a couple of things to me. Um, first off, I, I find it curious how oftentimes the, the uber-talented, they've scaled Everest one time, the next time they'll try and find another way up, up to the, the, the <laughs> summit of the same mountain. So the first thing I'd be saying to them is like, look, 
things are going well right now, we need to bear in mind what the work is, what are we doing, you know, what is the, um, how often are we doing it, mm-hmm. what is the workout regimen, and just sort of look through things that are going well, because the one thing we know about golf is mercurial, and, and it's, it's here this afternoon and gone tomorrow morning sometimes, just on, on a whim. So you look at what's being done, you look at what's going well, and then you just try and maintain a pattern. The the next thing I would really try and stress is is just passion points because the one thing when when stuff is going right the emotions are in check and when things are going wrong it becomes grueling and a grind so you know if you're playing well you look forward to practice if you're playing well you look forward to getting out in the range if yeah. you're playing well you look forward to getting in the gym so I mean I would keep on reiterating to them or showing footage of when they've done well so you keep the passion you you keep that 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 underlying emotion up to say hey, you know, this is just a, a, a speed bump, really. There's no need to start belaboring whatever's going on. So I, I'd, I'd stress that a lot. But, but then I'd, I'd, I'd also stress to say, look, everybody, and, and, and it's common knowledge, even the fittest guys in the tour are struggling with a little something. There, mm-hmm. There's always a little niggle going on. They'll all tell you. And I'll say, look, this is, call this a timeout. And, and just let, let's also, during this time, bear in mind that if something's amiss, maybe you look, whatever it is mm-hmm. let's get this lot figured out so when we are back on the starting line you're in the correct mindset you have worked on the game enough but you're fresh because the freshness is a big deal and and they all talk about it and you see how the windows that they play in so that would sort of be the approach that i'd take mm-hmm. and then I'd, I'd i'd also just try and to all of that because we live we we, we existing in such an unknown time right now like okay when do we play again what's happening I, I'd, I'd just go with the knowns and say, look, here's your results so far. This is you. This is what you proved to us. So, so let's, let's at least enjoy some of the successes because, you know, golf is the kind of thing where you can easily, you know, harp on the failures. Some. Sure. So, so I'd make sure enjoy the successes. Hey, Rory said so when he said uh, when he got back to Will's number one, they were out there in Cisco, I believe it was, and he and Harry went out for dinner and a few drinks just because they'd they got together and he was down the rankings and it was a long grueling slog back to the top. So you've got to celebrate the successes too. Enjoy the view and smell the roses for sure. So the last thing I want to ask you is, um, you know a lot more about Georgia than I do. I'm a new England kid. You're, you're down there. There's been talk and obviously it's all talk and conjecture at this point, but if the masters were to move from obviously it's traditional date, which we're not going to have this year, which is April with the dogwoods and the azaleas and such like that in full bloom, but were to be played in, fall or winter, some people have probably just recently discovered that Augusta National Golf Club closes through the summer. It's a seasonal yeah. club and membership. It's never open in the summer. It grows Bermuda grass, Lord forbid. Exactly. What what would Augusta National play like as a Masters if it were played in late fall or, or early winter? Would it would it resemble, minus the, the beautiful foliage, the the type of golf course and, and the type of a condition that people have come to associate with the Masters? Or from your experience, just understanding how things work, would it, would it be a different type of an event than we're used to seeing from Augusta National? Golf courses in Georgia are at their best in the month of October. Mm. It's, October's a breezy month. Um, the, the temperatures will get da- They'll be warm, but they'll be down some. The wind can blow. Golf courses get firm. They get fast. The, the surfaces get tremendous. Weather is always really good to play. So, so, so Augusta National will play different to what you'd see in, in, the, in, in the springtime when, you know, we get crazy storms that sometimes come through. It can get soft. 
Now I know they've got the uh, the sub air systems sure, yeah. around, but 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 in the fall, if you have an event there in October, Augusta, now, Par would be a good score around that place. I do. Oh, oh, you're um, you're you're making me weepy here. Hold on a second. A windy, fast, par yeah, good score Augusta National would be something to see. They wouldn't be able to. I don't think. No, look, anything's possible. Of there, but I don't think temperatures will allow them to get the rye grass to be as prolific as what it is in the springtime. So uh, you, you'd see a golf course that wouldn't be as green, I wouldn't think. You'd have some rye growing through. Um, it's a Bermuda golf. Everything's Bermuda around here. So you'd have the Bermuda base, which means the fairways would play a bit faster. But it, it, it would be fun. Uh, you'd, you'd have a little bit of foliage change, nothing like the northeast at that time of the year. So it would look different. But I'll tell you what, it will be a handful. Uh, if you get any of the October winds and some firmness, that place will be downright difficult. Well, I can tell you, anybody who's, since we've all got a little bit of time on our hands, head up to YouTube, go to the Masters YouTube channel, and check out some of the Sunday broadcasts, which thankfully the Augusta National Golf Club has posted up there. You can go back to, I think, 1968 and uh-huh. see that Augusta National has actually changed, not just you know in the post-Tiger Woods, Tiger-proofing sort of era with trees and different lines, but it was not always the perfectly pristine manicured place. There were, it was rough around the edges back in the day. And it really still just with a modernist sort of minimalist kind of interpretation of a lot of golf courses that are coming out now, the Crenshaw and Coor designs and some of the stuff that Tom Doak has done that sort of feature that you can see hints of it in Augusta national. And it was, it's always a special place. It's one of the most special places in golf. But if, if you've got the chance to check out some of that stuff, the footage, and those tournaments are fantastic. I just took in 1975 the other night. Uh, what was did Nick... 2008 win again? Yeah, I, it's, they're all there. You know what? We, we've got the time right now. I'm looking forward to just enjoying all these special ones and some of the ones that I had forgotten. Um, that 75 one was great. I can't you know, recommend it enough. And I can't recommend all of your stuff again, Mark. I really appreciate you coming on to the Forward Press podcast. Uh, we'll do it again sometime. And uh, thanks very much for appearing. It's only my pleasure. I appreciate all the work you guys do, and it's been an honor to be on your show. Thank you. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.